Hello and good morning, everybody. It's uh, Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. Today's Monday, August 2nd, 2021. This is my weekly economic and market commentary, which of course is also available as a podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, Slaying Bulls and Bears, or you can tell your Apple or Google product to say, play Herb Morgan's podcast. It will come right up for you. The presentation you're about to see and or hear has been prepared by us for use with both investors and financial advisors. Nothing contained in this presentation is investment advice. Nothing should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Everything is for informational purposes only. And of course, its accuracy cannot, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Well, we had a rocking good week in small and mid-cap stocks last week, up almost, uh, well, one and three quarters on small cap, where the big dogs, which were the heavy earnings reporters who reported great earnings last week, uh, sold off. You can see down about a third of a percent. Uh, in addition to that, with continued crackdown on companies in China by the Communist Party, emerging markets were down about two and a half percent. The um, bond market continues to get to low yields on that uh, on that uh, generic 10-year uh, treasury. In fact, this morning, I'm looking at the screen and we're down at 1.17%. Uh, who would have thought with this kind of strength in the economic recovery, this amount of economic activity, that we'd be looking at a 117 10-year, uh, the, the lowest or the most negative real yields of my career, that's taking the yield and subtracting inflation. We're going to talk about inflation as we go through. It's truly remarkable. Uh, U.S. Treasury securities, in my view, are the most overvalued they've ever been. Uh, but they may also be signaling something else. They may be signaling to, to us that perhaps there's a um, perhaps a negative move expected in the equity markets. They may be telling us that this inflation we've been worried about is the wrong thing to be worried about, and we should be worried more about deflation. Uh, but the market for U.S. Treasuries is a very big, very liquid, very efficient market, and uh, it usually doesn't get things wrong. Now, we've got intervention. We've got intervention in that market by the U.S. Central Bank, the Federal Reserve. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what happens for the rest of the year uh, with that market. I believe we'll see higher yields on the 10-year Treasury uh, you know, one six, one seven, one eight. I've been calling for two percent the end of the year. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on that, but I'm getting pretty close. It looks like I may be wrong on that one. We got a lot of data last week. Uh, first off, home prices are going through the roof. We all know this. The May FHFA house price index rose more than expected, came up 1.7%, and your homes are, according to this index, worth about 18% more than they were a year ago which means your balance sheet's a lot stronger than it was a year ago. And when consumers in America have a bigger balance sheet, probably have less debt than they did because they've been paying on their mortgages, uh, they tend to consume. That it bodes well for economic activity and growth going forward. Case-Shiller Home Price Index basically said the exact same thing, 17% increase from a year ago. So that's interesting. Here's something though, within the same concept, residential real estate, New home sales really took a dive in June, down 6.6%. They were expecting an annualized pace of 800,000. That's down from a pace in the nines and came in well under 700,000 on top of a pretty big drop in May. What are we hearing? 
just the cost. Uh, I just got through showing you that homes are cost 20% more. Uh, there's less supply. Builders are having trouble getting things they need, doors, windows, drawer poles, appliances, wiring, uh, all the stuff needed uh, is in short supply and that's driving up prices. And so we are now starting to see, remember the other two numbers were from May, we're starting to see uh, some softness then in the, in the home market. Still there's 353,000 for sale. It doesn't mean they're completed, but new homes can be listed for sale before they're completed. That's the highest number since uh, 2008. So it could mean we're a little topping out on the, uh, on the residential uh, side of the market. Pending home sales fell. Uh, they were expected to be flat. They were down 1.9%. They're now down 3.3% from a year ago. The report stated that the moderate slowdown in sales mostly due to the huge spike in home prices, exactly what we were saying just a minute ago. Buyers are still interested. They still want to own a home. Certainly there's plenty of jobs out there. Employment is strong, uh, but the record home prices are causing some people to rethink their plans. These prices are uh, you know, 20% in a year is a bit on the ridiculous side. Uh, okay, durable goods, which, you know, normally is a very volatile series. You can see it's been almost straight line positive, except for the one down month. They can continue to rise up eight tenths of a percent, uh, backing out transportation up three tenths of a percent. Um, but one of the things we saw in the report, backlogs are still elevated, which means durable goods orders probably be pretty good for the foreseeable future, which is a nice trend not to see the negative bars, of course. Uh, on the employment side of things, the weekly initial claims for uh, unemployment, um, it fell, but it's still over that, it was 400,000, exactly. It was above expectations of 385,000. Continuing claims report last week, which actually are from the week before, rose a little bit. Um, I, you know, I, I always tell you this, I wanna see it in the threes to feel good, I want to see them in the low threes to feel great. Uh, we were in the we were in the twos uh, before the pandemic, uh, so this number is one of the reasons why the Fed is continuing to say, pedal to the metal on asset purchases, ultra low rates, stimulate the economy, and that inflation will be transitory. The other report we got last week, the big one, the big ones we were waiting for last week was the report on second quarter GDP. It's the initial report. It'll get revised a couple of times, uh, but everybody was looking at 8.4. 8 Yours truly was looking for a number higher than that and got it wrong, 6.5%. Um, but when you look through, that's a headline number. When you look through it, uh, everything is was very, very strong. Personal consumption gained almost 12%. Final sales to domestic consumers, uh, which takes out some of the intermediary sales, which, which are you know, pro goods in, pro in progress, et cetera, 7.9%, take out the government side of things up 9.9. So the private sector is very, very strong, doing great. Uh, inventories were unable to be uh, grown. And when, in when inventories go down, that's a subtraction to GDP. Um, it just shows you there's just more bottleneck, more backlog, more strength ahead in the economy. So I wasn't really, in the end, that headline miss didn't bother me, um, didn't really bother me in the least, actually. Uh, moving along, we got personal income and spending. Personal income rose a tenths of a percent, it's up 2.3% year over year. Personal spending up 13.6 year over year. You know why, a year ago we were mostly locked down. Today, we're mostly open. 
uh, were mostly open. Uh, now, moving on to inflation. This is the game the Fed is playing. I don't want to say game. This is the, the bet the, the Federal Reserve is making. Um, their goal for, for core PCE inflation index is 2%. The core PCE index, you can see it here in red, is 3.5. The headline number, which has food and energy, is up 4. So inflation in the last 12 months is around 35 to 4%. You know, every, everyone's inflation rate is personal. It depends on what you consume. Uh, but I think everyone, I don't think anybody's had downward movements over the last year. And in the old days, the Fed would begin to raise rates prior to getting to the 2% number, which I've, I've identified here with the dashed line. That's not zero, that dashed line. That's the 2% number. That's their goal. So, they feel confident. We're already seeing it in the commodity prices, and we actually saw it in the consumer confidence uh, reports that came out, which I'm going to get to here in just a minute. But um, there are now a growing number of economists, bigger names like Mohammed El Arian, highly, highly respected economist, um, former uh, co-CEO at PIMCO. Uh, he is now saying this doesn't look transitory to him. Um, I, I'm starting to move to that side of the ledger, although I'm not 100% because I do see the commodity prices rolling over. And I do see a lot of this just being bottleneck driven and I think it'll work itself out ultimately. Uh, we got the Chicago PMI, it was a huge beat. That's good, came in at 73.4, new orders through the roof, production increasing. Employment surprisingly though, remained in contraction. Um, inventories in contraction, but higher better than before backlogs through the roof at 70 big backlogs big future gains uh so that's all bodes well for third quarter uh gdp which obviously we're now in well into the third quarter second month of the third quarter being no, it's august so i mentioned the confidence uh, numbers we got michigan and conference board july consumer confidence from the conference board very big beat, uh, 129 versus a 124 estimate. Present situation rose. Expectations fell just a little. Um, the, the prior month, much bigger concerns mentioned by the respondents about both inflation and the Delta variant. What we're hearing now, as you all know, is that the increase in the Delta variant, including among some people that have been vaccinated, is not resulting in increased hospitalizations or deaths like the original. Uh, and therefore, it doesn't, uh, the, uh, what's his name, Dr. Fauci said over the weekend, do not seem likely that we will need to have any sort of strong or mandatory lockdown. So that's helping with consumer confidence. The consumer sentiment report, similar report, University of Michigan actually fell a little bit. Um, so not exactly in sync, but I think, uh, I think overall consumers are feeling pretty good seeing their portfolios go up and all that good stuff. Moving on to earnings, we've got about 295, 294 of the S&P 500 names have, um, have reported. 256 have beat estimates. Uh, only 31 have failed to beat estimates. And the average surprise was pretty big, almost 18%. And you know, as Glenn pointed out last week, these are on estimates that are continually getting increased um, as we go along. This is truly a very, very good earnings season. One of the best I've ever seen in my career. Uh, companies are flush with cash. Um, they're doing well. Tax rates are low. Uh, so we're, at, we're here, sitting here now with about 60% of names have reported. 
that's about 75% of the market cap. So we've got like big ones, you know, like Apple, which is a big part of the market capitalization came in last week. This week, we've got about 13% of market cap, about 151 names. So we'll begin to start to wrap up this earnings season now. One of the things to note is cyclical. So, you know, we're a little over, we're a little bit more of a longer term view uh, and we're a little overweighted in growth by virtue of our position in the QQQ, the NASDAQ 100. Uh, and the big cap names, the earnings are great, but it's the cyclical big cap names and also the cyclical, well, small and mid cap stocks tend to be more cyclical. They're also beating and they're getting rewarded for those beats. Our big growth names really didn't and haven't been getting rewarded um, for those beats uh, this particular earnings season. Obviously, the other big news last night, last week, was there was a Federal Reserve board meeting. As expected, no change in interest rates, no change in the asset purchase policy. A couple of notable quotes that I think are relevant from the statement. He said economic activity and employment have strengthened, recognizing that. They do say that sectors most are adversely affected by the, by, by the pandemic remain weak. They are concerned about the virus uh, and they will continue the 120 billion in asset purchases until, quote, this is a recurring theme, substantial further progress has been made toward the maximum employment and price stability goal. I keep telling you, it's, they wanna see another 7 million people working. We will get a jobs report at the end of this week and that will be telling. And here it is, here's the data for this week. We've got uh, market manufacturing and ISM today, it's Monday. Factory orders, auto sales on Tuesday, Wednesday employment, uh, services from both weekly jobless claims. It all comes down to Friday's jobs report. The estimate is for 900,000. That would be good. A million would be just, just uh, an out of the park home run. And that would be substantial further progress. If it's short of that though, uh, then I think that legs out the amount of time that the Federal Reserve continues to have the pedal uh, to the metal. Consumer credit also will be reported late on uh, Friday. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, get us on the podcast as well. Slaying Bulls and Bears. You're driving to work. You can just tell your phone to play Slaying Bulls and Bears with Herb Morgan, and it'll do that for you. Thanks again. We'll talk to you again next week.